When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For everything Buccaneers, it, 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 it's Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns. Now, now, here's your hosts, Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mizell. Welcome to Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns, an Odyssey original podcast that brings you all Tampa Bay Bucks insight entertainment three times a week. That's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, first thing in the morning. As always, when you're brewing your coffee, getting your morning workout in, as Kaylee says, or on your drive in to work, be sure to conveniently download that Odyssey app. Hit the auto download button so that those new episodes are sitting there waiting for you when you are ready to get them. Or you can stream Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns on any of your favorite additional streaming platforms. Guys, I'm Casey Hudson, joined by the lovely Kaylee Mizell. And it's time for us to get into our post-game podcast of the Bucks falling. Yes, you heard that correctly. Falling to the one in four Steelers today in Pittsburgh at one o'clock. And I will start with that context. They, Kaylee. I don't even know. I have no words. And I know you and I were just really ramping up the fact that this team embarrassed us today after the previous podcast that we just said how easy this should have been. Yeah, I I think I feel like I don't know if I have the words to explain it right now, but that's my job. So I'm going to try. This team embarrassed themselves. Mm -hmm. They're a better team than how they played today. To go into Pittsburgh, a one and four team where Tom Brady has never lost, when he's put up the statistics and the numbers that I rambled off on the podcast last week, when yeah, he's done so that, and then he comes out today with just doesn't seem in it, the offense in general, no creativity. I mean, we're going to dive deep into this but Casey oh my gosh I had a great weekend and then today it was like mm, it's like I, I feel it just, so much it kind of like put me in a bad mood I'm like I'm like kind of annoyed yeah. right now oh. but it and it's just because this team is better the players are better the coaches are better this it's it's just it's frustrating and especially like I I'm I'm sure that there are other people out there like me. I'm the kind of person where I really want to push people to their best. And I'm like, oh, yeah. you have so much potential. I see so much potential in you. This team has potential, mm-hmm. but they're not executing. And if they continue to not execute, give me a short I mean, season. It's gonna be a short. I mean, are they gonna are they gonna stay 500? I mean, I like they're a 500 team right now. Barely. And, and it's one of those things where like this was the week, if any week, to take a huge step forward. Oh, I'm not saying so that this was a, ways. that this was necessarily like, oh, an easy gimme game. Mm-hmm. It's sh- it, it, like, no, you still have to take all of your opponents seriously. But it seems like they didn't. It seems like they went in and thought this was going to be a gimme game and Absolutely. that they didn't put their best effort forward. Um, Casey, that's my initial 
reaction. <laughs> uh, I, I feel you on that though. How are you feeling? You said something, you said something that really resonated with me. Great weekend. Um, as most of you guys know, Jolly Rogers and touchdown fans, I'm, I'm dealing with, I, at this point, I think it's the Florida seasonal change that may have just snuck up on me. Yes, guys. I said, Florida seasonal change one gust of wind, a little bit of rain. And, and, and it's the high is going to be like 70 on Wednesday. So which I'm looking forward to, but I I've got to get over this hump. So Friday, you know, losing my voice. Kaylee and I have pucks and bolts. If you guys haven't checked that out, talking about the Tampa Bay Lightning. So we're getting ready for that show. And my voice is cutting in and out, pulls together just long enough to get through the show. Then I was like on bed rest all of Friday. And I had a judging competition um, down here in Tampa for Tailgate Taste Fest, which was so much fun. So I made oh, sure that I was us, like, give us the shout out for that. Who had the best wings, Casey? Oh my gosh. My favorite dish was this place called Livio's. Livio's. Um, yeah. It was almost like, okay. And this is going to sound stupid. It was almost like a real bougie slider, but it was so good. Ooh. So flavorful. And I just realized I've only had like one or two. I've, I have, I've never really eaten hot dogs in my life. So that was an experience to judge. Yeah. Cause you we'll like do an them? Italian sausage. We'll throw that I in. I like a good hot dog. Like I'm out at like a baseball game. Like give me, Oh, you're not a fan. No. It's hot dogs are weird to me. So we'll do Italian sausages um, and throw that in a bun. But the hot dog, so this giant hot dog comes with like all the things on it. And my face was like, oh, oh my gosh, where do I even start rating this? It is zero rating. Right. <laughs> I don't like but I'll have to say that it was cool to see how many different kinds of foods can be incorporated in a tailgate and um, see some college football. I feel like I haven't had a chance to slow down oh, and watch yeah. any of the college games. Uh, but by the end of the night, I was fading, <coughs> excuse me, and um, woke up this morning like, okay, this should be a good W. Yeah. We're going to get some good things going here. Yeah, I'm not feeling all that great, but I'll get some rest tonight after this W. Then quarter one starts, and I'm like, uh-oh. Quarter two comes about, I'm like, hmm. And by halftime, I was like, yeah, I, I'd rather turn this off and go be sick in bed, but here we are. We got a there job to do. So tea in hand and chatting with you about football and getting into this offense and this defense and just hoping we can talk about this without reliving those initial terrifying feelings that we felt a couple hours ago. Yeah. And Casey, let's get straight into it for this offense. Uh, fans, I threw some numbers your way last week. I'm going to continue throwing some numbers your way. Casey, I'm going to start with my initial takeaway and, and yes. I, I'm interested in your perspective, but my initial takeaway is from the offense perspective, Tom Brady, he lacked chemistry and this offensive group lacked chemistry. Mm -hmm. it, it just seemed like everyone had a bad day, but I really kind of want to hone in a little bit more on Tom Brady and, and look at some of his numbers. So Tom Brady, I sung his praises last week. He is, and I truly believe this, one of, if not the greatest quarterback of all time. Definitely of this era, for sure. Um, his average completion percentage is, for, for this season, is 68.1. Casey, that sits on... Uh, fourth on the list of quarterbacks mm -hmm. that have over a thousand passing yards this season. So that's kind of how I like even things out. So he sits right. fourth, fourth on the list for the guys that actually like, you know, not just like in there one time to do a trick play. Right. Mm -hmm. um, 
today, his completion percentage was 62.5. Now, that doesn't seem like a huge drop-off, but now put it into perspective. That 62.5 number, that's in between Davis Mills and Trevor Lawrence on that same list that I just told you about. Such a weird perspective. <laughs> that's less than, that's less like of a completion percentage than Jameis Winston averages. What he did today. Less I almost out my water, Kaylee. <laughs> <clears throat> that's barely, that's like 0.3% over what Carson Wentz averages. You so didn't put, take it to the commandies. I oh. did. I did. I went there. Again, rounding out this perspective, that mm -hmm. same list that I just told you about, he would be 17th on the list in today's performance. Fourth on the list, normally 17th in today's performance. And so, Casey, it, it, it just seems like coming off of last week when his chemistry with, with Chris Godwin it was so great, it's like the first two passes, incomplete pass Chris Godwin. Mm -hmm. incomplete pass. And I'm not saying all of this is on Tom Brady. But what I am saying is a lot leader, of and, and, and there is a decent amount of it that was on you. There, there were things that you, there were passes that you weren't making. There were things that were happening and it, and it's weird because I already talked about like, is Tom, are we getting like more of a human Tom Brady? Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know what, you know, he's going to show off, like he's going to prove me wrong and he's going to show off. But he didn't. No, he did he not. He didn't. And he is seeming more and more and more human as this season goes on. And I don't like, I don't know whether to equate it to like, it's just a slow start. It's age. It's the lack of chemistry. It's the fact that, you know, he doesn't have the, the receipt. Like he's not, not all of his receivers are healthy. And so he's not able, is it the O-line, you know, which, which, you know, we're going to get into some stuff with the O-line. Um, but, but Casey, it just leaves you begging the question, what's happening with this team and why does it take so long for them to find a rhythm because there were some moments in there mm -hmm. where they had some good stuff. Tom Brady's pass to your guy, Kato and right late in the game. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. But before that he had like, he had tried Kato and once before that, and it, and okay. it was an incomplete pass. So it, it's, it just begs the question, why are you not hitting the hot guy? Mm -hmm. And what, what's happening with this ebb and flow of chemistry? Mm -hmm. And again, I'm going to get into more of the O-line and whether this is on Tom Brady or whether this is on the O-line and a little bit. I went like I did a deep dive <laughs> into uh, in, in real great numbers for you guys. But Casey, on that note about, you know, we saw some glimmers mm -hmm. late with K. Dotton. How do you feel about that? Because he's your guy. You like to see him succeed, <sighs> but it felt like too little too late. It, I guess we might as well get the trauma out of the way and just dive into this. <laughs> so for me, and, and as you mentioned, Kaylee, it was it was very much an inconsistency on a lot of ends, but you didn't see a, a clean performance from Tom Brady today. There were so many throws that were way too low. He wasn't setting his receivers up 
for the best route opportunities possible. And then in certain circumstances too, where I got most frustrated is you've got Tom Brady as your quarterback and he wasn't even making those tight spirals to either the back shoulder or center of the chest in tight coverage. Um, he looked very readable in some ways today, which is scary to think. And yes, eventually, um, 45 year old quarterback is going to show some, some issues there. And that wasn't entirely on the, on the offensive line. There was moments where he had a clear pass all day and completely, completely flopped it. I mean, the connections between him and Chris Godwin today were abysmal to watch. And as you pointed out, I'm a big KDOT and fan. I've been high on this kid for a while. I'm high on tight ends, period. It was one of my favorite positions in this National Football League, along with the linebackers, if you will. And what made me frustrated as somebody that covers the team and what made me so angry as a fan who's grown up watching this team her entire life, and I get it, we've been through rougher times, um, how, how do you come in here and, and look like you have no plan. The play calling was terrible. I almost feel like we're saying it every single week and somehow it still gets worse. How do you see things that worked last week and not build a game plan around it, not attempt to execute that? You're coming into a one in four team who lost half of their secondary. So could you imagine if a TJ Watt or a Minka Fitzpatrick was out there today? Oh my gosh. I don't even want to know what that score would be like. Obliterated. Obliterated. Wallace out. You've got all these guys in the secondary out. You've got one of the top contributing guys to the pass rush out. So you have this opportunity where you can take the little nuggets that worked last week versus a Falcons team. And I've said it from the beginning, the Falcons are not bad. The Falcons actually have some, some little pieces together that are helping them orchestrate very well. So you could have taken some things from last week, game planned accordingly around that and said, hey, opening up this game, Let's try to get funky here. Let's try to get a little creative. Let's see what works. If it doesn't come second quarter, pivot back to a more simple structure. You know what I mean? But why would you not open the game going to a guy like Kate Otten, who started to pave the way for you last week, or Rashad White, who started to pave the way for you last week? It wasn't until those two kids got involved that they started actually generating offensive plays. You come out and still stick to the same old garbage that hasn't been working for you. And let's talk about back-to-back -back games of getting Mike Evans involved late, late. You're talking about one of your best players. I am embarrassed. Mike Evans should have had a hundred yards today, minimum 100 yards minimum. And he barely broke 40. He barely broke 40. There was no game planning to have Mike Evans. I'm over here thinking, okay, one in four Steelers. Not that I underestimated them because I already had a thing about never underestimating this team against a desperate team again because of what I saw last year versus the Washington Commanders. But I definitely thought, hey, here's a game where they can start getting Mike Evans back in the 1,000-yard season column. Why not? And they did not do that. They waited late to get Mike Evans involved. Then you're throwing these awful passes to Chris Godwin, who's bouncing back from an injury to, by the way, the AC, the, the, the knee injury, then the hamstring stuff. So you're not setting him up to stay healthy with these ridiculous dives. There was three different hits on, on Chris Godwin where I was like, wow, we're lucky that this isn't turning out any, any worse than it is. Um, good little note here. Bucks led in total yards, passing yards and first downs and still lost. That's disgusting. Only trailed pit in rushing yards by two yards. Disgusting. So 
I was just frustrated in so many ways, but the biggest thing is it looked like they came in here and had no plan whatsoever. And as you mentioned, it wasn't all on anybody's shoulders because I didn't feel like there was a leading quarterback out there today. No, I don't want to see smashed tablets and stuff, but he was eerily silent. There was, there was the one moment when he went off versus the the offensive line. And I'm going to let you get in more into that here in a second, but like, he didn't even – I didn't see a fiery leader. And by fiery, I don't mean going off on people, but there was just no spark there. There was no chemistry there. There was no energy there. They were a very lifeless team to watch today. Yeah, especially offensively. And, Casey, that takes me to my second point, which is I don't see a backbone mm-hmm. on this team. I don't see a backbone offensively at all. You know, last year you had Bruce Arians and, and, and offensive, you know, like he had this mind and, and the way that him and Tom Brady interacted. And it seemed like, you know, there was le- with the Gronk, there, there was leadership, there was structure, mm-hmm. there were people who did things. You knew the order about how things were going to go between the coaching staff, the players. There's no backbone. There's no. no backbone on this offense. And you can take that in a number of ways. I'm talking about there's no backbone in terms of like, well, who's who's holding everybody accountable? I don't right. see it. There's no backbone in terms of leadership. Who's stepping up and getting people hyped up? Who's really kind of honing in and giving the, the pep talks to this team at halftime? Mm-hmm. I don't see it. Who is, who, who, who's making adjustments and, I don't see it. I don't see, I don't see responsibility. I don't see leadership. I don't see creative. I don't see it. There's not a backbone. No, there's that's nothing a, interesting. That's a problem. That's a <laughs> huge problem. And so what you get whenever you don't have one leader or one structure taking responsibility and being the backbone, you get the blame game. Yeah. You get adults sitting and pointing the finger at each other. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to get into this. Casey, here's the thing. I'm not mad that you're yelling at your offensive line. No. Tom, like go yeah, they need to perform better. Mm-hmm. But so do you. And there has to be accountability on both ends. When you again, let me paint you this picture. Tom Brady is one of the least pressured quarterbacks in the entire NFL statistically. Painful. Now he does have, again, he is one of the fastest releases in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But this is this is taking into account multiple things in terms of how many blitzes, one of the least, how many hurry ups. One of like, like how many hits has he had? How many times is he pressured? Like overall, statistically, he's one of the least pressured quarterbacks this year in this league. And I'm not saying that the O-line is perfect. There are times and statistics don't account for everything that Mm -hmm. it's impossible to do, but you combine statistics with the football knowledge and what you've seen. And mm-hmm. what I'm saying is the picture that it paints to me is not that this is all on the O-line because mm-hmm. it's not, but it's also, it's not that it's all on Tom Brady either. Like, did he have a bad day? Yes, he did. 
He mm-hmm. had an atypical day for Tom Brady. He had a bad day out there. There was no chemistry. But it's overall, there there just isn't somebody stepping up. And that like that makes a difference. I can't, I can't, you can't put a number on leadership. You can't mm-hmm. put a percentage point on what leadership does to a locker room. And right now, no one is saying the buck stops with me. I'm gonna take the responsibility. I'm going to own up. I'm going to be the man. I'm going to like take it on my, no one's doing that. Right. You know? And then even when you look at, okay, Kaylee, well, well, you know, you're telling me there's no backbone. Well, look at what Leonard Fournette does. Kaylee, you, you sung pumpkin spice Lenny's praises last (laughs) week, Kaylee. What do you, what do you think about Lenny? You're right. He's done fantastic, but he's also been inconsistent and Mm -hmm. it's not always his fault. But against Kansas City, he had three rushes for negative three yards. Again, I'm not saying that's 100% on him. Mm-hmm. Man, like, he only had three attempts, you know? Yeah. He had more, he had more targets, of, you know, on the field, like, to, to catch the ball than he had running the ball. Like, that was, that was their game plan. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was the right game plan. They lost the game. I mean, they, they tried to come back a little bit, but... I'm not saying that this is all on Lenny, but what I am saying is that it hasn't been consistent. There's weeks where, you know, like against Dallas or, or, or like against Atlanta where he's just is carrying the team. And then there's weeks where, you know, he's getting 50 yards and you can't, he's a a heck of a player, man. Like whenever he, whenever he, he drug, like I legitimately, he drug, he dived past two people and then drug two people into the end zone for the Buccaneers touchdown today. So I'm not dissing Lenny, but what I'm saying is they don't have a backbone. They don't have a backbone to this team. And then Casey, as we get into defense, moving that even bigger, Mm -hmm. usually there is an identity to a team. They can hang their hat on their offense. They can hang their hat on their defense. I thought this team could have hung their hat on both. They have the talent to be able to do that, but that's not what they've shown us. No. And almost every single time the offense struggles, you see the defense struggle as well. And there's not this consistency of, I know without it, even if the offense struggles, the defense is going to be there. Even if the defense struggles, the offense is going to be able to pick them up. You don't know that when you look at this team, because again, it's inconsistent there's no identity. There's no real backbone to this team. And that to me is a huge problem as we get into the defense. Oh my gosh, absolutely. And you said a lot of really important things there, especially regarding the backbone of a team. You're not seeing leadership. You're not seeing accountability. You're not seeing people really come off and be like, you know, trying to lift up the team as a whole, if you will. You just, you're seeing a lot of individual mental brainstorming out there that's not being linked together. And the sad part about it is in training camp, you're sitting here thinking this is a Madden team. Like they just pulled together and pieced together the best of the best. And I think that kind of carried out a little too much hype um, and a little bit too much of a focal point, if you will. And with that said, this team is only good on paper for the most part, especially when you're looking at this roster and what you know these guys can do as individuals, but they're not piecing it together. And that just adds to your point about identity. And a fan said that today when I was doing the game stream with Matt Matera, what's the identity of this team? And 
you, you couldn't pick up on it, you know? Now, what I'm hoping is that the same way that they somehow got that fire under their butt after an embarrassing loss to the Chicago Bears in 2020, this may be that turning point. This might be, but it's going to start at the head. The coaches have to get in that coaching room. They have to have some real conversations about what works, what doesn't work, and how they're going to start to change that. And they have to start changing it now. It's week six. So if there's something that you have to figure out, does it work, does it not work? Start now, but you can't go in there and keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. The actual definition of insanity. So the biggest thing is them finding an identity. What works for this team as a whole? This team needs to get on the same page. And Todd Bowles said something that really just kind of resonated with me after the, the game in his press conference. And it was the fact that there's some guys still living in Super Bowl fantasy land. So with that said, how many people are going out to practice gassing themselves up about being the best of the best, but not letting that translate in a leadership way, not letting that translate in an accountability way, not letting that translate in a, I'm going to help out the guy to the left of me and the guy to the right of me way. So it just, there feels like there's too much individualism on this roster, a very talented roster, but they've got to put the pieces together. if they're going to even have a shot of being in the playoff conversation, because what I saw today was not a playoff team by any means. And, you know, also to build off of the offensive line point, that's, we were talking with our producer about it, about the eye test versus statistics. And I know a lot of fans are very frustrated. Is it Tom Brady? Is it the offensive line? Imagine playing behind that offensive line. Yeah, that's partially an excuse, but we can't sit there and call him the greatest quarterback in the league and acknowledge the fact that he has one of the fastest releases. And when he has, you know, enough time to connect with guys that he has chemistry with, like Mike Evans or Chris Godwin, he's not getting the job done. In the same sense, him being one of the least pressured quarterbacks in the league a lot of that can come as a hiccup to you know his left side his left the left side of that offensive line is is not getting the job done um I know that there's probably a big conversation to be had with Luke Gadecki and that's something else that was talked about a lot between me and Matt Matera at this point do you start considering putting Nick Leverett over there do you try to rotate out a versatile O-line that has you know a second and third string guys that were kind of competing in training camp it's like that competitive aspect from training camp just died once the 52 man roster was or 53 man roster was put in play. There's no competition there. Nobody's scared to lose their job. And my biggest thing before we switch over to defense that upset me with today with not building off of last week with not getting Kada and involved with not using Rashad White and you saw Rashad White be successful passing wise. Sick what did he have? First of all, both running backs <laughs> average three yards per carry. That's disgraceful. Then you've got Rashad White for four carries, 12 yards, three receptions, 11 yards. And then you've got Lenny, 21 carries for 63 yards. Dumpster fire. Six receptions for 38 yards, whatever. There's no game plan here. It looks like they're just running on the field and saying, have fun. And nobody's having fun anymore. And... They had a reason to play Kate Otten more. You've got somebody coming off of concussion protocol while there's all of this concussion drama going on in the NFL, and you didn't think as a head coach or an offensive coordinator, let's not completely throw Cameron Brait back into that tight end one position. Why doesn't he split those reps with Kate Otten, who showed up last week? That was a great opportunity for them to do that, to alleviate the pressure from Cam Brait, not completely throw him back into that tight end one position, because unfortunately, we saw Brait go down listed as a neck injury and we're all praying for him. And what my heart broke for his wife 
to for them to have that go on an away game. But now you're probably down Cameron Braid again, and that's the time that you feel like is the only opportunity you should be passing to Kate Otten, who has shown you that he's trustworthy. That not only is he trustworthy in this sense, and 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 Casey, your frustration is valid because it, it, it like they needed to get him involved earlier at especially like he's proven himself. He doesn't need to prove himself anymore. He's yeah. done the work and he's been successful. And not only has he been successful on the receiving end, but he's been successful in blocking. Like they set up one time today, which I, I thought was fantastic, where uh Lenny sets up behind uh Kate Otten and mm -hmm. Kate Otten comes up, puts a monster block and Lenny just goes like mm -hmm. he's able to like really get some good yardage and that wouldn't have been possible without Kate Otten, but he lined up and it was like more of like a fullback type position that he lined up in. Why not you do that more? Why? Like that is, that's something that can be done and should be done. And that um, you should be working on and yeah. mastering and cleaning up. It's and just so, outrageous. It, it, fans, we know that you're frustrated. Jolly Rogers and Touchdown fans, we want to hear from you. So hit us up, Jolly Rogers TDS. Let us know, what do you think? Was it is it is it Tom Brady? Is it the O-line? Is it both? Does this team have an identity? Let us know what you guys think. And uh and, and are you guys on the K Dotten train just like Casey and I are? Because uh, and if not, why, you know, who do you think that they need to go towards more? Uh, be because we want to hear from you. There's a lot of questions. I know we There's all have so them right many now. questions. There's a lot of frustrations. I know we all have them right now. As At this, this point, I wouldn't even be opposed throwing some guys from offense to defense. You know, <laughs> and, and, and as you know, just throw them over there. You know, Casey, we might as well switch as well over to defense uh, uh it wasn't as bad defensively as maybe it was offensively but it wasn't good no oh my gosh no and i know that there's some parts of the game where you know and I, I'll, I'll i'll i will admit it i have no problem saying when i'm wrong i was like oh this defense is is waking up no they didn't wake up they were very very inconsistent this was such an inconsistent performance against a rookie quarterback and something that stuck in my mind when the team was heading up to pittsburgh is that joe tryon shayanka mentioned in a press conference after practice like hey kenny pickett's pretty good and he gets great reads on defenses he's a smart kid back there and kenny showed that <laughs> he was getting reads on 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 this bucks defense who's led by one of it should be, you know, one of the top defensive minded coaches in the league, if you will. And that just didn't show that didn't translate at all. It felt like they did not have a game plan. Wrapping up on tackles did not exist today. The amount of whiff tackles was terrible. And then, yeah, the defense would finally show up for a glimmer of hope, but not where it counted most. I mean, they had better third down management in the third quarter of the game, but for the majority of the game, when you're looking at three out of four quarters, it was terrifying. Third and 15, third and 16, third and 17, no management there. They would make one big shutdown play and then give up a huge gap play. Clayton Claypool, should have never, should have never seen 96 receiving yards against this defense, number one. Number two, get his first touchdown of the season against a Bucks defense that we were saying was one of the best in the NFC. Absolute dumpster fire. Like, they had no plan out there. They looked scatterbrained. They were extremely inconsistent. And whether you do good things 
or even if they did more good things than bad things, that inconsistency came at very inopportune and costly moments. And that's going to, that's how you hand over the game. Like you said, offense didn't do well, very inconsistent, no game plan. Defense barely showed up, inconsistent, no game plan. And then they get hype over one good play and then let up after the next play. None of that's worth celebrating. You have too much talent on this roster to play such spotty coverage. And it's, why is it that Carlton Davis <laughs> was maybe one of the better players out there along with Antoine Winfield Jr., mm-hmm. yet still nothing? I mean, when you're looking at these stats, when you looked at the game today, there was moments where people were like, oh, my God, Levante David, and like making comments in the chat and on Twitter about him. Yeah, well, Levante David was your lead tackler today. Seven combined, six assists. You want to know who was next? Dean and Winfield tying for five and out. Five and oh, five combined tackles. That's it against a Pittsburgh Steelers team that is one and four and in, in, in battled with, with injuries and, and issues. And this defense couldn't get the job done. No. They could not go in there and control this game or at least put it back in, in, in a controllable aspect for the offense. Then you've got Winfield and Nassib being the only two sacks of the day against mm-hmm. a rookie quarterback before Mitchell Trubisky got into the game. Trubisky got into the game, and at one point, I think it was the end of the third or top of the fourth, you're talking about a guy that already put up 118 passing yards, and Brady had barely broke 200 passing yards. That is disgraceful. The play calling, the 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 coverage, the the energy – I mean, for me, this game just kind of comes back to energy. And I don't want to say that they went in there really thinking they were going to have a heyday um, because there was a statistic that has haunted me all weekend. And it's the fact that Mike Tomlin is 14 and four against consecutive back three consecutive losses and bouncing back from that. And he proved it today. He turned that 14 into a 15. Yep. Against a team, against a defense that we were screaming from the mountaintops is one of the best in the NFC. So yeah, third down management is still an issue. Consistency is still an issue. Four quarters of, of, of football, a freaking issue. And it's week six. Yeah. You have to get it figured out, especially with veteran players. I mean, a lot of these guys are veteran players. This is one of the oldest teams, like statistically in the NFL. It actually might be the oldest, you know, like the average age. You just can't go out there and do what you did today. And Casey, I'm going to back you up What you, some of the things that you said with some numbers. So I went through and I literally, I got out my highlighters. I like went to school, got out my highlighters. I like took the playbook and I marked every single time the defense had a good play. And so what, what's a good play Kaylee? Well, a loss of yards, a sack coverage. So like they had coverage and and the coverage is what led to the incompletion Mm -hmm, pressure. And that led to the incompletion. Uh, or no gain, right? That's mm-hmm. okay. No gain. That's not bad. Like that's that. I I marked it as good. They had ten good plays, right? All good. Day. Yeah, <laughs> pink. Ten pink plays. Uh, bad plays, penalties, th- third and longs, fourth and ones, and big plays that they let up. They mm-hmm. had six of those. You can't you can't be a good defense and have ten good plays and then give up. Six plays, six like bad. It, it, six bad plays, like where you're mm-hmm. not performing well. And then whenever you like look fully, like it, it's so interesting because the moments when they gave up these really bad plays, that's what led to the touchdowns. So it, at the beginning mm-hmm. of the game and the end of the game, 
that's when we saw this defense really let up. Like the defense started off slow, that a really slow start. Mm-hmm. Got stronger, stronger, stronger. Fourth quarter comes and it and it just lets up again. It just they're not consistent. So the first, you know, like okay, you you make a loss of four, then you get a penalty. Okay, well then you give up a third and long, and then you give up a fourth and one. Then yeah. after that, it's like okay, you get the sacks, you get coverage. Oh, they're losing yards via Vay. Okay, Levante David, great, cool, awesome. Now we get towards the end of the game. Guess what? Guess what's happening? Okay, so you you push them back for a negative five yards, but then you give up a third and long. Mm-hmm. Push them back for minus one yard, but then you let them go 45 yards yep. on third down? Like, yep. come on. How are you going to do that? You can't. That's not sustainable. So just the amount of big plays, and that's not even including Casey. This is ridiculous. How do you guys? How do you let a guy return the first? Oh my god! Eighty-nine yards. Like Kamarda did a good job. He did a good. He had a he had a sixty-six yard punt, and then you let him return it for eighty-nine yards. Yep. To get a field goal. Field could've positioning cost, kills could, them in so many ways. Could have cost you the game, man. Like mm-hmm. this is a the entire team. Like it's ju- it, like you 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 said the words inconsistent. Mm-hmm. They would have a good play, pat themselves on the back, and then just let off. Let and it's like that's you can't. That is you not a number that this play that I think people keep getting stuck on, especially heading into the and heading into the game. And so this team only averages letting up about 15 points a game. Yeah, that's great. But when you're looking at averages and this is where statistics kind of can be crippling sometimes is that those averages incorporate those top week one and week two performances. But let's be honest, things have started to slide off since week three last week was just dumpster fire in that fourth quarter. And you had an opportunity to redeem all of that and, and really crank up those stats. So yeah, whether they were only letting up an average of 15 points a game, when you stack that, and you look at it from a different perspective, A, that's going to change here shortly because obviously Steelers got 20 points on them, but it can't always come down to what they did in week one and week two. They're not performing that way anymore. That's not the same defense that's hitting the field right now. And I'm glad that you mentioned Camarda and that awful, awful return for the the Steelers because real quick touch, special teams was horrible too. Not making their tackles, not wrapping up for a minute there was Co'Keefe and Zion McCollum that were really getting the job done. Nice little one-two punch on a couple special team plays, but then even that got inconsistent. And it can't be on the shoulders of just those two guys. There was just really no unison in any unit today. There was no consistency in any unit today. It was just everybody being out there and it, it felt like very much individual progress as I, as I mentioned and kind of interesting thing here that I had a minute to glance out while you were breaking down the statistics daily yeah. <laughs> is Leonard Fournette taking to Twitter to say things will get worse before they get better. But when they do just remember who put you down and who helped you out. I don't know if that's to fans because fans are upset and frustrated right now, but whatever that's too, that's not a leadership thing. Maybe things get worse before they get better and leave it at that. But every person on this roster needs to put on their leadership hat and think about what this team looked like, felt like, and sounded like, you know, not even last season, but the year before that. Because even last year, there was some in- some issues and inconsistencies. And you can see that there was just some issues going on or, you know, things off the field that were kind of placating on the field. And 
they got to figure that out. They got to figure out a way to tune out the noise, have a moment, come together and, and want to win for one another, because I'm not seeing any of that. I don't think it's one person. I think it's everybody needs to pull their head out of their butt and figure it out. And for first and foremost, it's going to start with the play calling. It's going to start with better coaching and they have to figure that out this week. So Unfortunately, that takes us to standout players, if there are any. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. One last thing, Casey, before, and we'll go through standout players pretty pretty quickly, but, to, well, maybe two last things. A, that Leonard Fournette tweet is, I feel like it's exactly what I said. It feels like it's a blame game. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like, it, it it's not really taking responsibility. And then it, uh, frankly, feels like a little childish to be like, remember who's, who's with you. It's like these fans have been like, you ask a Tampa Bay, like they've been through the worst of it. Like they've been through really, really difficult times in this mm-hmm. fandom and they're loyal and they show up and, and, and like to, to, I don't, again, I don't know if that was to fan. I don't know who that was to, right. It is to fans. Like that's that to me, that rubs me the wrong way. I don't like that. Um, and then Casey, I, I, I had a question on this and I wanted to get your thoughts again, really quickly. Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel frustrated because I, Antoine Winfield jr. Is playing great. He might even be, you know, maybe transitioning. He might even be my standout player today. He's getting yeah. involved quite a bit, but I think that's a, place where I do feel frustrated because because he's getting involved up in 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 the rush so often mm-hmm. he's not able to to a- attribute anything uh you know in the secondary be- because he feels this pressure and I'm just wondering from your perspective like is that am I reading that right like because I mean the sacks are great the tackles are great and he's there mm-hmm. he provides pressure and that's fantastic but that also means that they're able to make some of those big plays. And I'm not blaming Antoine Winfield Jr. for the big plays. Yeah, Don't get me wrong. But I'm just asking the question, like, mm-hmm. if the if like the D-line did a better job and like got more pressure, then Antoine Winfield Jr. wouldn't have to step up and into that place and he could play the natural position a little bit better in the secondary and provide more coverage there. So right. that – that's where that's why I keep mentioning coaching because that's yeah. not Antoine Winfield Jr. and 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 his decision. That's the coaching. So the biggest thing is that heading into um this season and something that that was talked about in training camp and stuff because we weren't sure if it was going to be Antoine Winfield Jr. or Logan Ryan, but they did shift Antoine Winfield Jr. to play more of a nickel package, which was Jordan Whitehead's like position when he was a part of this team so once whitehead left they wanted to fill that role nickel is where they push you to play up to contribute to the blitz a lot Mm -hmm. or you know alleviate or get in there with the with the defensive line so they're winfield's being asked to step up and play up and it's not surprising because you're talking about todd bowles who loves the blitz who loves to add you know pressure who's all about the pass rush and doesn't have too big of a focal point in his secondary. And I think that maybe these last few games, we're seeing that a little bit more because Logan Ryan's not there because Logan Ryan's the other guy who can kind of switch out with Antoine Winfield Jr. Either drop up, drop, drop back in coverage or step up and contribute Mm -hmm. in a nickel package or vice versa. So I, you're right in pointing out the sense that there's pressure there because now without Logan Ryan in there, one of the other only versatile players is equally versatile is Antoine Winfield Jr. Now Antoine Winfield Jr. has to eat up all those reps and 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 take that over. And I'm so glad you pointed that out too, Kaylee, because I said this to Matt earlier. 
What have the turnover rates been since Logan Ryan's been out? This defense can't get a freaking turnover. They can't. That's why I brought it up because we have seen nothing from them in, in the last few weeks. And again, we've seen some great stuff from Antoine Woodfield Jr., but I've but but he's only contributing on one part of the field, mm -hmm. which again is helpful. But as a, an entire defense, it's not. I don't. I, yeah, I I see what you're saying there. Um, and 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 it was a question that I had last yeah. year, and and heading into training camp, and the PR gang helped me out with that. So shout out to those boys. But yeah, it's it's more so again coaching and and play calling there, and what the expectation is. Because yeah, it's great to see Winfield get a sack, but this is a team that also had a five interceptions a a, a game goal. Yep. How many interceptions have they had for the season? Two. Maybe oh, I'll think a little bit more than that, but even still it's, it's, it's not enough. It's not, you're not getting, yeah, you're not, you're not, you're not They've doing up zeros the last two games. You're nowhere, so. you're nowhere near the goal. So yeah. Um, great little point yeah. out there because I'm sure a lot of people are curious too. And I know, you know, last year and the year before when the bucks lost, then defensive, like, you know, blitzing and, and pass rushing came into question. I'm not going to sound the alarm on anything yet because, like I said, I really am truly hoping that this is their Chicago Bears game from 2020. And then they get back to the ground board. They have some real come to Jesus moments and get this figured out because it it it's only week six and it's also week six, if that makes sense. You know, it's only yeah. week six, but also more football. we need to figure it out now. Yeah, there's still a lot more football to be played, but it does need to get figured out. Okay, Casey, I, I threw out Winfield. I just, again, I like his style of play. I like what he can do. I think he he brings the full package. Uh, he's my standout guy on defense. He didn't have the shiniest of performances today, but, you know, statistic-wise, but I think that he provided a lot of pressure. He got mm -hmm. that sack, uh, and, and I think that he continues to be as backbony as you can of this defense in terms of in, in, in terms of his playfulness, the fact that yeah. he just loves the game and and he goes out there and he plays the game like he loves it. Mm -hmm. Great spirit to him. I, I I agree with that so much, Kaylee. And I'm going to keep my standout on defense too. I'm going to go with Carl Nassib. Mm -hmm. um, he was the one other counterpart that got a sack today, and. And you some good really coverage as well. Yeah, you see him really firing off. He was in on some really great plays um, and and trying hard to to get in there and um, was applying pressure. I just like the fact that he's kind of been a consistent build. You know what I mean? Yep. Every game you've seen him do something a little bit better and a little bit better. And again, some, something Maddie pointed out today is this is a guy that once upon a time wore a C on his chest for this team. So I think for him, the adjustment period of coming back and he never wanted to leave the Bucks. He just got a better pay opportunity with the Raiders left and now he's back. So I feel like we're going to see him build, which is all I ask. Build off yep. of each performance, whether it's good, bad or indifferent. Move the peg forward by yep. the next week and so on and so forth. And I think Carl Nassib is a guy who's doing that. Um, they also started switching up, you know, who's going to be the opposite in, in those offensive linebacker packages there. We kind of saw JTS line up with Anthony Nelson and they're switching some things up because Shaq Barrett's been very quiet the last two games. So I'm intrigued to see, you know, what happens here and Shaq, and, and, and Nassib, Carl Nassib mentioned when he came back to this team how much he learned from Shaq Barrett and how much he wants to continue to learn from him. So if Shaq Barrett continues to have these low-rated performances, I think he only had two combined tackles, one assist today, which is just so, so bad for him. Um, then you want somebody who's going to be able to wear that leadership, as we talked about, and and step up. And I think Carl Nassib can be that guy. And I think that as he gets more you know, set back with this team and 
you know, in his rhythm and stuff, we're going to see more of a leader out of him. We're going to see some more numbers out of him. And, and he's very much my standout player with that. But then positive comes the, I don't want to call it negative, but somebody's got to walk the plank, Kaylee. Somebody, some bodies, some situations, some things. Okay. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get into it. Here's the thing. I don't care if you yell at your team. I don't care. Go, go, like, be a leader. Go in on them. Um, I don't mind that, you know, like, uh, Brady breaks tablets and that he takes the game seriously, that he takes he takes uh, his self seriously and how he wants to perform. Mm -hmm. Here's what I mind. I mind when you yell at your team and it doesn't seem like you're taking the game as seriously as you should be. I mind when you yell at the team and you missed Saturday's walkthrough because you were at a wedding on Friday night. I mind when you don't fly with your team because you had a social – like that's what I mind. There's You can't hold someone else accountable when you're skipping out on things. That's not good leadership. That's not being a strong player. That's not being a team player. You're not holding yourself accountable, and that's what I mind. Tom Brady in this game – did not perform that well. I'm not saying the O-line did, but I'm saying he didn't. Mm -hmm. And to go out there and tell your team that they're that they're not living up to their effing standards, it's like I don't I don't know if you are, Tom. I don't know if you're living up to your standards and who you can be and who you should be and who you've been for like 14 or 15 other games against the Steelers. Mm -hmm. I didn't see that performance from you today. So I don't think that you have any right to yell at your team when you're also not performing well and you also didn't show up for a thing that you should like you're you're the goat Tom, but you're not bigger than the game. The game's going to be around a lot longer than you will be. This is a game that people love and they dedicate their entire lives to. You have dedicated your entire life to it, but you're not bigger than the game. And that to me was really frustrating to see him sit there and yell at his teammates when he when he wasn't there for them at the walkthrough, when he didn't part like that, like that's it's it's in. The middle of the season. This isn't 11 days in, the, in in training camp. This isn't like, this isn't okay, like a Wednesday off. This is, you didn't fly with the team. You didn't attend Saturday walkthrough. That's a big deal. So for me, like that means walk the plank because I don't think that you can be a leader after the fact. I think that you need to lead by example. And I didn't see that from you this week. The hard part with that is, is that it just, and everybody's fully aware that there's just a lot going on in Brady's life. And, you know, he, we sit here and, and, and stand by him being human and yeah, he's allowed to be human with what he's dealing with. Um, but if this game is something that you love and it's your therapy and stuff, then there has to be a way to, I'm just not seeing the spark. I'm not seeing the light 
I'm not seeing excitement anymore. And honestly, win or lose, regardless of the of of the results, that's just kind of tough to watch. Yeah. You know, that's no, just kind of it is. It, it's, it's, it's hard to not see somebody's passion in things. And you might think, oh, well, when he does this and he yells at his team, that's passion. No, it's not the same passion you've seen out of a guy seasons before, you know? So I'm hoping that there can be conversations to be had where this team can just kind of find a spark again, because there's no spark on paper. They look good. Um, and not by statistics. I mean, by, you know, the roster, the names on the roster, they look good, but, um, there's no spark. So, they definitely need to find that spark if they have any chance of becoming an over 500 team for one for two playoff team. Cause I'm not having that conversation and putting them in it until I see a way better performance for at least three full quarters. Um, so yeah, it's just that that's the tough part. And I'm sure that everybody's feeling that across the line there. And that's a lot of pressure to put on Tom in a sense, you know, but in the same sense, if you're, the, if you're the, if you're the big C of the team, then that's kind of, what do they say? Heavy is the head that wears the crown. Yep. So, yeah, good points there, Kaylee. Uh, for me, it's it's the coaching staff. They got to go. They got to walk the plank. They got to take a dip. They got to wake back up. They got to get back to the drawing board. They have to see what's worked. They have to see what's worth, like, giving time to develop. And they need to make some real decisions here. And you want to talk about accountability. Leftwich, Bulls, there needs to be an accountable conversation that takes place first thing tomorrow morning because this garbage isn't going to pan out anymore. There, you, you cannot have a talented roster like this and not figure out how to wield this sword properly. There is no execution. There is no spark. There is no energy. And there's a lot of stupid mistakes. And of course, for these players, that can be defeating. What I will say is that we don't know how much of this is the players going out and doing what they're told and being pissed by the results of it versus the players going out and not executing. Because I'll tell you this from back in my athletic days, if you will, you know, if you send me out there to do the same moronic play over and over and over again, execution eventually just fails on, on my end because I feel mentally, I'm not mentally convinced. I'm not mentally tapped into this because I'm seeing it different. So I don't know what those conversations are. And I would love to figure out more about that because I know for this offense, it has to be frustrating. I do not understand how they faced a one and four Steelers team and Mike Evans, ladies and gentlemen, Jolly Rogers fans, Mike Evans had 40 yards. That has nothing to do with me embarrassing myself about, Oh, take Mike Evans on the anytime touchdown and definitely over 68.5 receiving yards. Yeah. I don't give a crap about that. It's the fact that it's Mike Evans and this should have been a hundred yard game for him. Chris Godwin barely broke 70. Yeah. There's, there's no excitement behind this offense or the defense after week three, if you will. And nobody's on the same page. And that starts from beyond Tom Brady. That starts with the coaching staff. That starts with the conversation, the hard conversation that goes on in that room. What works? What doesn't work? I don't give a crap about anybody's head coaching future. Figure it out now and do what's best for this team in this roster. Amen. <laughs> Preach. <laughs> Uh, I, yeah, I mean, there's nothing else to say. That's, that's, that's it. Be, you have to be better. You have to be better. You have it in you to be better. What I loved that you said is you can't, you know, you have to learn how to wield this sword because this is a powerful team. They can do something special and you have to step up. And on that note, (laughs) we will step away Fans, thank you so much for listening. I know it was a hard episode to listen to. There's lots of frustrations. We know you're frustrated. So we want to hear from you. 
What do you think this team needs to do? What do you think will be the outcome of these different situations? And who do you think needs to walk the plank? You can tell us that and more at Jolly Rogers TDS on both Instagram and Twitter. You can follow me at Kaylee Mizell. This is Casey Hudson. You can follow her at The Sports Case. Be sure to download the Odyssey app where you can get Jolly Rogers and touchdowns straight into your phone every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Turn on that auto download button so that those episodes are just rolling straight into your phone, straight into your earbuds all morning long, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, uh, or wherever you guys get your podcast. But you're going to want to download the Odyssey app. There's so much going on there. Thank you guys so much for listening. Again, I'm Kaylee Mizell. She's Casey Hudson. And we'll see you next time.